Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, I <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Philadelphia Eagles are 6-0. They are the last remaining undefeated team, the last threat to the 72 Dolphins in 2022 for the perfect NFL season. Do you think they're going to get there? Do you feel like this is a team that has that kind of build to it, that momentum to it? They can make a run at this thing for real, or will they lose soon? No, I think they're going to lose. But that doesn't mean that I don't take them seriously as a top team in the league. I just, it's so hard. There's a reason that only one team in the league's history has ever won every game, including the Super Bowl. And there's a reason that only one team has ever won 16 regular season games in the Patriots. And that reason is Eli Manning. No, but seriously, it's hard to do. It's not, I mean,. There have been teams who have come close. The Pittsburgh Steelers did it in 2004. Uh, the Carolina Panthers did it uh, before they lost the Super Steelers Bowl. Steelers made UIN. a nice little run at it in uh, 2020 in the COVID year. Yeah, they went 11 yeah, and 0. Nice little run point. at yeah. it. Had people thinking a little bit. Teams go 11 and 0, 10 and 0, 12 and 0, a lot. But it's hard to go 16. It's even harder to go 17 and 0. I can't imagine doing that. I don't know if we'll ever see that, unless it's this year. With the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, it's but possible. But it, it, I think the thing that's going for them uh, in this equation isn't exactly, you know, like with that Patriots team, it was they're the best team in the league. No matter who you line up against, they're just 10 times better than they are until Eli Manning showed up in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But with this Eagles team, yeah, I think they're in that top tier. I think there's three teams in the top tier, the Chiefs, the Eagles, and the Bills right now. Yep, that's pretty – I think that's pretty – uh, agreed upon league-wide. But I don't look at them being in that top tier as the main reason why they could make a real nice run at this undefeated streak. I look at their schedule remaining and the fact that they're playing, according to strength of schedule, the second weakest schedule in the NFL really? down the stretch. What, do you know what it is off the I'll top of your head? I'll pull it off right now. I mean, it don't start with a real tough one after their bye. No, it does Sunday facing off against the Steelers. I mean, there's a lot of people, Tom. We're going to do our power rankings later today. There's a lot of people who have the Steelers are like 28, 29. Yeah, they're getting close. I saw that um, an ESPN notification popped up on my my phone the other day, uh, and it was an article about how the Lions and Steelers are on track for the top two picks in the draft and how they can ensure that they get that high pick. And I was like, is this a typo? Like, when's, we never see that. But that's the reality we face. So they got the Steelers, then they go to Houston, then they got the Commies at home. 
<laughs> then they go to Indy. I can't get over you calling the Commanders the Con. Then they go to Indy, which teams lose in Indy who are really good, yeah. but they're not going to lose. City. Uh, Green Bay, Tennessee, tougher games, but guess what? They get them both at home. And Green Bay, Green Bay how much of a tough a game tough is game Green anymore? Bay? At New York, at Chicago, at Dallas, three games in a row on the road. I believe in the Eagles way more than the Giants. I think the yeah, Cow- that's fair. Dude, the Cowboys and the Giants games are like the two that I circle as the the losable oh, ones. Oh yeah. Every other they're going to be favored in every game for the rest of the season. Every single every game? single game, even when they go to Dallas, I bet they're a slight favorite. I was going to say because the time they played each other already was in Philly. It's so in Philly. I- but if they by the time they go to Dallas, if they're still undefeated, dude, they're going to be 14 to 0 heading into that game. So like there's no way they wouldn't be the favorite at that point. Uh yeah, I mean I, the thing is the is fact that, that you get Green Bay and Tennessee at home cuz those two could be those, you know, like those tricky games that you just came off of such yeah. weak opponents. Honestly, I'm looking at it I I agree with you. I think the only losable games that they it wouldn't so shock me like completely shock me if they lost are the Cowboys and the and the Giants. Giants on the road. I think they'll handle the Giants now, but the, the another key thing is when you get to the Giants at home, when you get to the Saints at home in Week 16, are they already the number one overall seed? So maybe they, are they just not going to play Jaylen anybody Hurts, against the yeah. Giants in that last week of the well, season. They're not going to lose. I don't. But what could be going for them is that the Giants keep winning, right? And they're going to have to beat. The they're going to have to beat the Giants because the Giants right now only have one loss. It could be maybe maybe New York not. Loses five games in a row, but maybe they kind of come back to earth on that. For what they're six and one now, maybe they lose a couple and they finish with like 10 or 11 wins, and Philly finishes with like 13 or 14. So Philly's never really in any danger. I still think, though, Tom, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> I'm just looking at the league standings as of right now, as of today, right? We're doing that Kabali if the season ended today game. Philly is the number one seed in in the NFC at six and zero. Minnesota is the two seed at five and one, and the three seed is Seattle at four and three, mm-hmm. and the four seed is Tampa, Tampa at three and four. Yep. I feel so bad for the Giants and Cowboys, who are six and one and five and two respectively, and are sitting at the five and six seeds behind Seattle and Tampa Bay. Happens all the time. Happens all Happens the time. All the time. Remember when the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl? Keep fuck up with your back. They had to go to seven and nine. No, seven oh, nine Washington and to then face they went the, to New Orleans. the football team, right. and yeah. then they went to New Orleans. New Orleans was good though. Like the New Orleans, that was, was a good Drew Brees' last year. Yeah, they won that that's division. That's when he was he didn't have an arm. You remember that's when Jameis Winston came in for one play, yeah. threw a fifty yard touchdown, touchdown and pass. then came right back out. But like Brady's Bucks went like eleven and five, twelve and four that year, yeah. and still had to go on the road and face the the football team, the losing record football football team, yeah. team and they almost lost that game to Henneke, and they were losing in the fourth quarter. So right. it's it's and. You, Speaking of the Saints, remember when the Saints were really good and they went to Seattle to face an Seattle eight, eight Seattle one. team? That was Marshawn Lynch's beast mode, beast mode yep. run. Like, it's very. I I do think that there should be something done. I, if you win your division, you should make the playoffs. No questions asked. Yeah, hundred percent. But the fact that you automatically get a home game too, I think something should be looked into for that because like, 
people always do this side, right? They'll be like, well, if you were 12 and 4, they're 8 8. You should just beat them. It's like, okay, that's a lot easier said than done. This whole fan base just made the playoffs out of nowhere and they get a home game. They're going to be insane in the membrane for mm-hmm. 60 minutes while you go into a hostile environment. This team in the locker room has a new life all of a sudden. Right. They're like, wow, we didn't expect to be playing this week, but here we are on right. national TV, 60,000 strong, going crazy in our crowd. Like, it's a lot harder than just, oh, you're 12 and 4, they're 8 and 8. Just go in there and beat them. <laughs> so I, I think there is a little bit of an unfairity there, and it's going to rear its ugly head this year when Daniel Jones and the Giants have to go into Tampa Bay in the wild card. That's not be easy. Everybody's picking Tampa Bay. In yeah, game. absolutely. So I think there does, this is off topic, but there's something that needs to be done about that. Like if a team is 12 and 4, they should be hosting a playoff game, even if they didn't. Well, win then, the you, then you come to the d- discussion of, well, <laughs> what does your record need to be in order to earn that home playoff game? Right? Because if you're 9 and 7 and the division winner, if you're the 9 and 17 as a wild card and the division winner, is ten and seven, or sorry, if you're ten and seven as the wild card team, and the and the division winners nine and eight, I, give it to the wild card team. They, really, they won one more game. Okay. I mean, they're a better team. I don't know. That's just something that I would look into, but also something that will never, ever, ever get changed <laughs> in the NFL. They're six and zero, Philadelphia. How have they done it so far? Because I think it's really a, a strong combination of a lot of things. Uh, a good running game with Miles Sanders as the lead dog, eighty yards per game on average, and then a very good complement in the quarterback with Jalen Hurts, who rushes for fifty yards per game, which is the fourth most per game uh, of any quarterback in the league. I think he's in a tier of well, Lamar's in a tier by himself. And then it's Josh Allen, and then I think it's Jalen Hurts as far as running quarterbacks in the NFL yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Hurts and Allen are kind of comparable to each other, and Lamar's just a freak. I mean, he's fifth in the league in rushing right now. Yeah, but the last couple of weeks he's been not so great. Passing the football. Yeah, passing. He's still fifth in the league he, in rushing. Didn't he only have like He didn't try to 20, run that much 30, against the Brownies. Yeah. No. So, weak game from Lamar. But those are the three that I think of first when I think of mobile running quarterbacks. So, the running game compliments of Jalen Hurts as well has been really good. Hurts has been incredible in the passing game. Uh, expected points added, only seven quarterbacks are better than him. So if you go by that metric, he's a top 10 quarterback in the league this year. I think he's in the MVP race right now. Yeah, he's for sure. He's only thrown two interceptions. Those are the only two turnovers that offense has had. And they came early in the season, yeah. too, like I said that earlier this week. The main thing, though, that's happening for them being 6-0 and is their ability to take the ball away. Mm-hmm. And that turnover differential being plus 12. Mm-hmm. They have 14 takeaways as a defense right now. That by far leads the league. Yes. They are a ball-hawking secondary. They punch the ball out, get it on the ground, recover. They they take the ball away, and they do not give it back. So I think that's the main thing that's keeping them at 6-0 and and keeping them such a dominant team is that they just hold on to the ball for almost half the game. They average 33 minutes of time of possession, which is the best in the NFL. Yeah, this is something we talked about earlier this week, looking at them for the first time. It is not going to be an easy battle, especially when their narrative of your team is you've kind of softened on the takeaways uh, since T.G. Watt has gone out. Softened on, soften on the sacks. I mean, you can't get right. a sack to save you your can't, life. You can't get a quarterback pressure nonetheless. No. So, I mean, Jalen Hurts, If, if uh, talk about a mismatch, Tom. The Steelers' defense, which... It's bread and butter has been getting sacks 
This might be the first year. The, the streak will probably end this year, I right? I think it will end. I'm gonna look, they, while you're talking, they, I'm going to look up who the leaders the, are. The streak we're talking about is leading the league in sacks over, the, what, the last five, five, six. five seasons. They've had at least 50 sacks each of those last five seasons or something like that. That streak seems to be coming to an end because they just can't seem to get to the quarterback. Uh, it's I think we're up to now three games uh, out of seven, Tom, where they've yet to – or where they failed to record a sack. And think about that. They had coming into this season, or it, it ended, I believe, last season. They had a league history long game uh, streak of at least one sack in, a con- in consecutive games. And now they've gone three out of seven without a sack. Mm-hmm. Well, the Dallas Cowboys lead the NFL in sacks with 29. And the Steelers stand at 12. Wow! So I think you can say... They will not be leading the league in sacks. And how again. many did they have in week one? Like six? Six or seven, right? Seven. It was I think. seven sacks, right? So they've had five since. Oh, man. Five in in five games? Five in six games? Is that what that is? Oh, man. 12 sacks. That's so un. That's, that's so, just not Steelers football. That's just yeah. so unlike them. Uh, I mean, they're closer to the bottom of the league. The Raiders have nine than they are to the Cowboys at the top with 29. So. Oh, 100%. They're closer to the bottom. But being that close to the bottom, yeah, like, that's uh, the, if the Raiders have a good day and Max Crosby, Max Crosby himself has a good day, and all of a sudden the Raiders are tied with you. If you're the well, Steelers. you could also say, look ahead to the second half of the season. If you get T.J. Watt back, that number could increase. It could increase, but it ain't catching the Cowboys. So you can't sack the quarterback, and Hertz is really vulnerable to sacks because of his mobility, and mm-hmm. he holds onto the ball. Maybe longer than any quarterback in the NFL. The Eagles' offensive line is the best in football, but it still gives up 2.5 sacks per game, which is like ninth in the NFL. And I think a lot of that has to do with Hurts, Hurts holding onto the yeah. ball. Maybe he runs himself into a sack or two. But you as a defense don't get sacks. So the, that's one spot where you look at and say, well, maybe we can hit him three or four times. Maybe we can get him down three or four times, 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage and, and change the momentum on a drive. I don't even know if you can trust yourself to do that right now. And then, like you were saying, you haven't really had the turnovers that you need since the week one against Cincinnati. Now, there has been turnovers since then, and you're not terrible turnover differential-wise, but they dropped four interceptions against the Miami Dolphins last week, and all four of them, if you well, catch just I'm, one, that's, that's could have really contributed to, to the win. So you don't sack the quarterback – and you don't force a lot of turnovers, and the team you're playing never turns the ball over. So there is no real recipe here for success against this Eagles offense. That's another point that I was trying to make too, Tom, was you also have done a good job in the last couple of years of forcing the ball over, turning the ball over. And a lot of that had to do with T.J. Watt strip sacking and making Fitzpatrick being the ball hog. And it looked like even though without even without T.J. Watt playing – that the turnovers were still going to be a contributing factor for the success for this defense, but that has really slowed down, and it doesn't help when you have the opportunity to take the ball away. You have four four balls essentially gift-wrapped to you, yeah, and you fail to convert one of them into an actual interception. A gift wrap is so appropriately termed mm-hmm. because he wanted you to take those balls <laughs> yeah, away he from really him did. And, and you just couldn't do it. So if you get the chance this week against the Eagles, you got to take advantage of it because you might only get like one interceptable no, pass I don't, all game. I long. mean, considering, again, 
yeah, he can take some sacks, and yeah, he has, he being Jalen Hurts, but he's not throwing those balls that are easily intercepted. Isn't it amazing that we're in week eight now, and they have had a bye, so they've only played six games. They they have not lost a single fumble yet. Did not know that. They have not lost a fumble. Their two turnovers are both interceptions from Jalen. They've put the ball on the ground, of course, but they've always been able to pounce back on top of it. If that continues to happen, like if we're in week 15 and they still haven't given it, that's unbelievable ball security from that team. Mm-hmm. And another another long, another long, reason in the long list of reasons why they're the last undefeated team and why they... Uh, Bill's Chiefs being in that top tier at the beginning of the year, no one would have been surprised. No, but them being but the there Eagles... is surprising, and the turnover differential is one of the main reasons why I think that surprise is happening. Absolutely. Uh, you, you cannot win in this league without forcing the ball over and doing a good job of protecting the ball on your end, on your offensive end. So, and the fact that they're doing it better than anybody on both sides is a huge reason why they haven't lost the game yet. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that saying? with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Three Eagles targets have over 350 yards receiving on the season so far. A.J. Brown is north of 500. He's the top dog. He's mm-hmm. had at least seven targets in every single game so far for the Eagles this year. Then you got Devontae Smith that's around like 390-something, and then Dallas Godert, who's just over 350, the tight end around like 365. What's really impressive to me with that, I think a a very big asset to have as a young quarterback, if you have this in your young quarterback, you know that things are going to be great for years and years to come is his ability to spread the wealth around. Yes. When you have a offense that features weapons after weapons after weapons, like the Eagles do, you need to be able to have all the mouths be fed. And the fact that the big three are over 350 each right now, all happy, all scoring touchdowns, all getting theirs, mm-hmm. that is such a testament to Jalen Hurts' maturity as a quarterback and his ability to really manage these kind of talents on the offensive side of the ball. Like, I look at Joe Burrow, and I think he's the king of this right now. You know, Okay, that's that's fair. In Atlanta, he goes crazy. Even his worst receiver, T. Higgins, had 93 yards right, on the game. Right, so like, it was not, You know, you were complaining, saying, oh, the one guy right, I Fantasy, it's not great, but it, 93 yards for him. Over 100 for Boyd and, right. and Chase. And the, and Touchdowns for everybody. Th- you have three receivers, and the third guy had 95 yards. That, he's so good at giving everybody the ball, getting that ball spread out to all of his right. talent. I mean, if you were to put, I don't, I don't mean to be so harsh, 
But if you were to put like Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky on that as as that quarterback for that team, someone's probably going to be disgruntled. Someone's if not two people. So right, like like you you could have a thing where, as you have in the Steelers, where Chase Claypool has one good week and Pat Fryermuth has one good week and George Pickens has one good week, but you don't see complementary play from all of the receiving options. No, and I think that Jalen Hurts has been getting complimentary play from those big three in his passing game uh, all year long, and all the mouths are fed, and everybody seems to be happy. So uh, kudos to him for doing that. Steelers have been pretty successful at taking away some pretty talented receivers in the past couple of weeks. Mike Evans was very quiet against them in the Tampa game, and sure, Godwin had some moments, but nothing mm-hmm. egregious. Kind of the same thing with the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill was... I don't even think he was on the field for most of the game. He was so quiet. He was taken away completely. And then Waddle has 88 yards. But, I mean, if Waddle's going to have 88 and Tyreek's not going to do much, that's a that's a successful that day at the ballpark. That was something that we had said was a key to a victory for the Steelers, was take away Hill, let Waddle beat you, or the opposite. You could. It's more easy to take away Waddle than it is Hill. Force Waddle out of the game to be a non-factor and just let Tyreek Hill beat you. And I'm not saying that they eliminated one of those options entirely, but the fact that they only combined for 11 catches, the two of them, it's pretty good. Yeah, I think what was it the week prior they combined for 25 yeah. against Minnesota. 11 catches for 160 yards. So that's a lot. I mean, that's a decent amount. Dude, but you got to realize who you're playing, though. Exactly. That could no, have easily absolutely. been 17 catches for 250 yeah, yards. Yeah, right, right. So... Uh, job well done there, and now they get, for a third straight week, another tandem that is going to cause headaches in Brown and Devontae Smith, and then you throw Goddard in there, who's a top five right. tight end. Right, you really have to mind. go beyond just tandem, because Goddard's a huge part of that offense. I think Edmonds is going to draw Goddard a lot in this game, and I feel pretty confident about that. I mean, that's just the transformation that Edmonds has gone through in my mind this year, is that I... You drafted this guy because he's a bigger safety to be that Gronk stopper, to be that tight end stopper, and that's what they're going to use him as in this mm-hmm. game. I'm sure Minka will have him his say every once in a while on Goddard as well. But if Edmonds can pretty much match up man-on-man with Goddard and take him out of the game for most of the game, that's going to help your secondary immensely in stopping the other two threats. Yeah, I, I cannot agree more. And that's why, I mean, we were talking about Edmonds specifically in an earlier episode. That's why you got to keep a guy like that because I think he can do a good job of and I'll I'll use the logic I applied in the Miami when we were leading up to Miami. If you can take away an option for Jalen Hurts, he's going to have to be forced to beat you with not all of the receiving options that he's used to going to, and maybe that makes him a little more uncomfortable. Now, we mentioned defensively they lead the league in takeaways mm-hmm. with 14 right now. It's going to be hard for Kenny Pickett to not throw an interception in this game. Yeah. Because it's hard to not throw an interception against the Eagles no matter who you are playing quarterback. But Kenny's had the penchant for forcing a ball in there or maybe throwing a ball that he shouldn't have thrown in his three starts or two starts, Mm -hmm. three games played total uh, on the season so far this year. I think that it's safe to say one and a half interceptions is going over. I just hope it stays under two and a half. Just if you're going to throw throw a couple picks, but this is a game where I could see three, four picks happening just from how great it's that not, secondary is. Darius Slay is one of the best corners in football, big play Slay. Uh, everywhere you look on that secondary for the Eagles, they've got a dude that can make a play on the ball. So this is, this is, not, this is not Miami. 
You had Xavier Howard, and really that was it. That was that was a recognizable name, and even he wasn't having a great season, and you still finished the day with three interceptions. This is one of the elite defenses in football right now, and it could be a very that could spell a very long day. But this is exactly what we said would happen, Tom, if you decided to throw Kenny Pickett into the starting lineup before the bye week. You were going to have this four-game stretch against excuse me, the Buffalo Bills, the best team in the AFC, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who a lot of people before the season started were saying, really good team, easily going to lock down the NFC South, probably will still win that division, and a really good team overall, just in a, having a little bump in the road right now. The Miami Dolphins, who at the start of the season, everyone was saying, wow, they're the surprise team of the year. Things cooled down with Tua, but now that he was back for his first game against the Steelers, they still ended up winning that game. And then the Philadelphia Eagles, the only undefeated team left in football. This is exactly what was going to happen if you decided, you being the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin and his coaching staff, if you decided to throw Kenny Pickett out there before the bye week. You were going to face these four teams, two of which against the Bills and the Eagles are not just a great team offensively because we know how good that they are, but defensively as well, they were going to they were going to face Kenny Pickett, a rookie who wasn't slated to start the season even. And you've made your decision to say, okay, he wasn't gonna start the season, but we're gonna pull Mitch Trubisky in week three and or was it week four that they played the Jets? Week four that they played the Jets. And here you are playing. You went up against uh Buffalo, didn't go so well for you. Uh, he didn't throw three picks in that game. I think he only threw one. Uh, but then uh, you go against Miami, you throw three interceptions. Here you are and again uh, in a matter of weeks facing off against one of the more elite defenses. And, I mean, we talk about how great Buffalo is and their ability to turn the ball over, but nobody does it better than the Philadelphia Eagles right now. And that could equate to a very bad day for Kenny Pickett. And it's going to be tough because if that's – if that's what happens, once again, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be hearing a lot of people saying, oh, well, you just got to put Mitch back in there. And that's not going to be the right move. And it's not going to be the move that's going to happen. No, it's not. Barring an injury, no. of course. Uh, everybody knows the names up front for the Philadelphia Eagles on defense. Mm-hmm. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, our old buddy Javon Hargrave. Great defensive front. But I got some confidence in the Steelers' interior offensive line to be able to handle them somewhat okay. well. I think that... You know, Cole, Dotson, and Daniels are going to be just fine. Not just fine, but they're going to be able to hold their own against a really strong defensive front. And Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham are getting a little long in the tooth as well. I mean, they're still really good, don't get me wrong, but I think our old buddy Javon Hargrave being a wrecking ball really helps them age gracefully on that defensive line. So, uh, again, the secondary is the thing that worries me the most for Philadelphia from Philadelphia defensively in this game. You can't fall asleep on the guys up front, but I, I just have a little bit more confidence in that offensive line. The confidence in the Steelers' offensive line grows week after week after week. Yes, and that's something we've mentioned earlier, and that's something we've mentioned every week so far throughout the season. And they're going to go up against a very formidable test here uh, against Philadelphia. They didn't do a horrible job against the Bills, right? I think the Bills only had two sacks on the day, one from Von Miller, maybe one from somebody else. So not horrible, but again, we know the score of that game, 38-3. to I'm not saying it, fell, it was completely the offensive line's fault, but 
you're going up against another really elite pass rushing team. And 2.8 sacks per game is yeah. number eight in the NFL for the Eagles. So they do get after the quarterback fairly well. And it's a factor in this game for sure. But again, like you're saying, the Steelers' offensive line and the offense in general has been pretty good at avoiding uh, the big time sack. Like, they haven't had a game yet where they were sacked like six or seven times, and it's just been like a sack. I don't know if they've had a game where they've been sacked more than three times. It's it's it hasn't seemed like a sack parade for no. the other team. And oh, third and long, here they come. You know you're going to get sacked here. It's not been the case, but it's a tough competition. It's a tough step up in competition this week with the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. For sure. Uh, one last thing with the offense. I would blitz Jalen Hurts a lot. He might beat you force with his legs. To to, yeah. He might beat you through the air, but at least force him to try to beat you, you know? The Dolphins had a ton of success blitzing Lamar Jackson last year, and a lot of teams copied that mold and with a lot of success. The Browns on Sunday last week blitzed the hell out of Lamar Jackson and had a lot of success doing that, even though they lost the game, but they were able to keep it close, and they were able to keep that Ravens offense kind of at bay for the most part in that game. So I would send some blitzes Jalen Hurts' way. Just just see how he handles it. Now, they never blitz, so they're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. They, bl- they blitz more than they have in past years the Steelers have, but they're nowhere near the middle of the pack or even the top end of the league when it comes to that. So don't expect anything like that to happen, but I, I just think when you got a quarterback that's still relatively young, sending some extra guys his way could proved to be a uh, a positive exercise. Yeah, I agree. Check out the Steelers Week in Review. It's hosted by Wesley Euler, and it's a recap of the previous game as well as a look at the Steelers' next opponent. New episodes drop every Tuesday, and it's available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcast. It's Wednesday. It's Power Rankings Day. Our top 10 in the NFL is coming next. Week 8 Steelers Center Power Rankings uh, in the next episode. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opferman, and you're listening to the Steelers Standard. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash iHeart.